Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Opportunity Knocks. I am your host, Dean Miller. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're mixing things up a little bit. We normally have a guest in the seat to my right. Today, there's only one guest. It's me. Uh, I wanted to go down a little journey and talk about some of the things that we've done and experienced over the last two plus two years and go back way back to 20 plus years ago when I first decided to become an entrepreneur. Um, there's been so many different evolutions of my career and I've been blessed to be surrounded by wonderful people to work with some of the most amazing clients, some of the greatest coaches in the industries in, in the industries that I've, I've chosen to work in. Uh, as most of you who have listened to more than one or two episodes are aware, I originally started out in the real estate industry back in 1997. So my length in that industry makes me a dinosaur, but believe it or not, I'm still below the average age of, the, of a realtor in North America. Um, I left the corporate world after way too many years uh, because I had that inspirational dissatisfaction. I always wanted to do something and serve other people. And for me, working for someone else under someone else's rules to achieve someone else's goals never really resonated with me. So I became a robot. And, and I'll never forget, uh, I don't remember the date, but there was a day in October back in 97 uh, when a good friend of mine and an uncle of mine were out playing golf and drinking a little too much, and they all knew I was miserable. The guy offered me a job, and he says, you should get out of what you're doing and come sell real estate. You are natural for it. Um, and I slept on it for a while. And Took a, took a massive leap. You know, I, I refer back to, I think it's the previous episode with Stephen Murphy from Murph's Famous. Uh, and we talked about taking that leap of faith and having faith in yourself and just jumping and trying something different. And I was blown away by how receptive other people were to helping me along my journey. Uh, when they heard what my situation was back at the time, not that I was, I was struggling, but like I said, I was miserable. I hated going to work every day. I was driving anywhere between one and two hours each way to get to the office up in Westchester um, and missing my family and not seeing my kids and not doing anything that made me happy and most importantly, lacked fulfillment. Uh, and it led to a great growth for me. Uh, I evolved. I've worked with five, six, seven of the greatest coaches in the real estate industry across North America. I have been blessed to work with and for some of the greatest agents and brokers in the country uh, and built some fantastic relationships. And that's what the real estate industry is all about, in my opinion, is, is having those great relationships. So fast forward a couple of years, uh, a decade plus later, I had an opportunity to get involved in the restaurant business as a favor to us, my son and my nephew, both of whom decided that working with their dad and uncle probably wasn't for them. And by that time, I was overly invested and couldn't walk away from it. So I spent a good two and a half years building the place up, uh, three, almost three years running it before we were fortunate enough to get out without too much, uh, uh, too much pain and too much money wasted uh, and made it out alive. And I look at that, that five-plus-year experience as one of the greatest educational opportunities I've had in my life. As you may or may not be aware, I am not a college graduate. I attended college five or six times and withdrew every time. It wasn't for me. I've never been a classroom learner. Uh, but throw me into the fire and let me figure out how to get out and give me some guidance, which is what I refer to myself as all too often is my role is to be a guide in other people's story. Uh, help them achieve their growth and become the hero of their own story. That's what fulfills me, uh, at not only as a business owner, but as a person. Uh, and it kind of gives me that fatherly feel 
uh, that I've had with my own four kids. Uh, so I, I love that part of it. During that time, I took a lot of my real estate knowledge and experience, and that's part of what I wanted to talk about today is understanding that what one person does doesn't mean it can't apply as long as you have an open mind and stay creative. I took my database knowledge and experience from the real estate industry uh, and said, how can I leverage that and the systems and programs I was using in real estate to run a restaurant? And I'm a guy who's been, I'm, I'm a great customer, I think. I'm great on, on, the, on the customer side of the bar or at a table. Put me behind the bar or in the kitchen. I'm a very, very different person. I can, my, going back to my days as a bartender back in the, in the mid-90s and late-80s, I knew how to make a great, great drink as long as there was two ingredients, and one of those ingredients was an ice cube. Um, but from a consumer standpoint, I put a lot of thought and had a lot of good guidance uh, when we opened up White Oak in New York City. And I, I thought about it and said, what is it, not what is it that we wanted to serve to our consumers, uh, but what was it that they wanted? And we built a menu and a cocktail list and a staff and an environment around what would sell in that neighborhood to give people the experience that they loved. And I learned to love that because it was me giving back. And I was excited about it. And, you know, any, you could ask anybody who worked with me or for me in, in those days. I'd, I, my goal was to be the best version of a leader that I could be. So there wasn't much that I wasn't willing to do. And I've told the stories about how I've, I've run food and bus tables and made a few drinks, some better than others. I poured a mean beer and a good glass of wine. Uh, but down to, hey, the sewer system's backing up. And I was literally shoulder deep in a sewer main in a Hell's Kitchen building uh, in the basement on 10th Avenue to, to make sure that the place didn't go uh, literally down the drain. <coughs> Just goes to show as an entrepreneur, you've got to be willing to understand that your role is a visionary and a leader. But you've also got to be willing to dive in and become that, that tactical person who does everything and anything. And, and I had a great call with a, a, a business coach that I, I do a lot of work with today. Uh, and we talked about that. You don't have to know how to be an expert at everything, but having an understanding knowledge of what the people around you do is of utmost importance. So that guides me back and, and says, okay, we built great connection systems in the restaurant. I took a database and I, I built a database of people of several thousand people over the course of the first two years. And I'll never forget when we started our newsletter campaign, I literally went hand-to-hand -to, -hand to every customer I could to collect data. What's your name? What's your phone number? What's your email address? Give us an opinion of what you think of our place. What can we do to make it more of your own? What did you want? And we evolved into the ideal place. You know, White Oak became a great spot for a certain audience in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Um, but I was blown away that up until we got to almost 1,000 people on that list, we actually had an open rate in our emails exceeding 75%. And for any of you who know anything about digital marketing, a 5% open rate on an email list is absolutely mind-blowing. 75% is just unheard of. And when I reflect back to that, I, people always say to me, how did you do it? And I literally did it hand-to-hand -hand combat. Everybody who was there, I got to know. Uh, and I think that's what led me, after the three years of running the place, led me back into the real estate business and really opened my eyes to how do we build better quality relationships with people. I think that's what every single business, no matter whether you sell a widget or you sell homes or you provide a service or you're a doctor, a lawyer, we're all customers and we've got to deal with our customers. I had a great conversation with my own, my own general practitioner, my own doctor a couple months ago. And I said to her, doc, you got to understand something. I'm a patient second when I walk in the office here. And while she disagreed with me, she understood where I was coming from. 
As a doctor and a person of high moral standing and ethics, I was a patient first and a consumer second. I looked at it the other way around because I have an option to leave and go to another office. Um, but it was one of the best business discussions I had with a doctor, and we actually still talk from time to time about things like that. So keep an open mind as to, as to where you can grow and evolve. Um, but we're in a service and a customer industry, and now that I got back into the real estate business full-time, and I'm very grateful to my niece and, and her husband, my nephew, for keeping the doors open for those three years that we ran, and they did a good job, uh, and I was very proud of them. But then here I come, guns blazing, hair on fire, uh, to steal a line from one of, my, one of my coaches, saying, all right, it's time to grow into something special. And that's what led to the evolution of the new version of my real estate company here in Wantaw on Long Island in New York. Um, paid so much attention to the social media world as a result of the restaurant. Lord knows if you're in the restaurant business and you're not a master of Instagram, you're probably literally throwing money out the door. Um, it was the greatest lead generator that we had was, was our Instagram account that combined with our, our relationship with the community. Um, but it led, it led me down a path to really broaden my horizons as a, as a broker owner of a real estate company. And that comes to my point that I wanted to talk about today. Here I am sitting down doing a podcast, Opportunity Knocks, um, which evolved from me deciding to actually go out and hire a company to follow me around for a couple months and shoot what we call the vlog of the Daily Dean. Do your research on YouTube, hashtag Daily Dean. Uh, we did 25, 30 episodes of that, and we'll probably get back to continuing it. Season two plus, plus, plus kind of thing. Um, but why? You know, is it, it, am I a narcissist? Am I too self-involved? And the answer to that is no. Uh, I, I really don't. I'll repeat myself over and over again. I don't particularly enjoy being in front of a camera. Um, I don't particularly enjoy the sound of my own voice. I don't mind doing it when I know it's bringing value to other people. And to all of you who have taken a minute to listen to any of what we've done, I can't thank you enough. And for those who've provided feedback, whether it be in your actions or your words, uh, I, am, I am deeply grateful for that because it's helping me to evolve into a better version of what I hope to become. Uh, but the podcast actually stemmed from us doing the vlog where I hired a videographer to come out and follow me around for six or eight hours a day and two or three days later, get this five to 10 minute well-produced piece of content. Uh, and again, been blessed to be around some of the best. I mean, those of you in my world know that I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm proud to say that one of Gary's top two videographer people right now, Jason Moreno, was the one who shot my pilot episode. My media director, Corey Stewart, turned down a job to work there to spend more time with me. And I, I will never be able to thank him enough for that. Um, but we've been blessed, and we've gotten to go out to California two times and connect with guys like Kyle Whistle and his media director, Brian Kochi, who's been instrumental in helping us evolve into what we do. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, people started saying to me, what is this if you live here thing that you're doing, and why are you doing it? And that's part of what I wanted to talk about today. My time in the restaurant industry really was so humbling, and it made me really think about what can, you know, there are so many brilliant chefs out there who can put the most amazing product on a plate. There are so many great plumbers and electricians out there who can fix your plumbing and your heating and your electrical. But does that qualify them to be a business owner? And as a result of being in the restaurant industry, I got to, it's a very small network of people. 
everybody starts to get to know each other very quickly for positive and negative reasons. Uh, coming back to the real estate industry, it's the same thing. We all kind of know of each other at least, even though there's an overwhelming amount of people in the real estate industry, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, you know, you start to kind of collaborate, and that's what I love most about where we're at and why we started our, our series and our, our account, If You Live Here, over on Facebook. Um, after meeting Brian and Kyle out in California, they kind of inspired me to take my, and they reached out to me because they saw my vlog. So that was kind of humbling when somebody from 3,000 miles away calls you up and says, tell me about why you're doing this and how you're doing it and how did it become successful. They, they called it successful. I, I'm not going to define it. Um, but the Daily Dean episodes that we shot really opened my eyes to creating new opportunities by hiring a media director full-time. And I know I'm blessed and fortunate to be able to do that. It's not something that everybody's going to do. But this is not something that you need a full-time employee for. This is something that you could do on your own and get started. And in many cases, it may be just as good, if not even better, um, depending on how your audience wants to see it. So after, after taking that trip 3,000 miles round trip to San Diego and spending two and a half days there in what seemed like 12 hours, it flew by so quick, uh, and being so overwhelmed by everything we had learned, we came back to New York and we said, let's give it a shot. And we came up with this concept of if you live here, what is life like if you live here? In my backyard as a real estate agent, the town that I live in, the towns that I serve, the towns that I spend most of my time in. And it has been an absolutely humbling and mind-blowing experience so far. Pardon me. About a year ago, I reached out to a friend of mine who owned a restaurant in Long Beach, New York. We'll give Matt Hissiger probably his eighth or ninth shout-out on this show. Matt, Matt gets more airtime than anybody else. But Matt's Restaurant LB Social is one of my all-time favorite places. And I called him and I said, I've got this crazy idea. I think you're just the guy to kind of help me figure out what the hell I'm doing. Would you mind opening your doors a little bit early, letting me and me and a camera guy into your, into your kitchen and sitting down and talking to me? Matt, being one of the most genuine, honest, sincere people in the world, said, I don't know what the hell you want from me, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Let's do it. It will always be my favorite episode of the show. Uh, we learned so much from doing it, and we've evolved so far from that. So Matt... Matt, I can't thank you enough for that, but if you go back and watch that episode and then the following one from LB Social, uh, where my good friends Carlo and, and Lena, right here in Wanto, run this little place called the, literally called the Little Kitchen right here in Wanto. They did the same thing. His tiny little kitchen in the back of his little storefront, uh, walked us through his recipes, told us a story of who they were, why they were passionate about what they did. That's what this is all about for me. Uh, I love helping other people tell their stories. I love exposing other people for the great people that they are and the opportunities that they create. Um, and then shortly after that, the world as we knew it changed and the restaurant industry kind of went into a panic mode because they literally were shut down. Corey and I sit in the studio saying we had three or four places all lined up. We were going to produce these wonderful shows. We just launched. We were on a great run rate. We were happy and excited about the opportunities and boom, the world came to an end for a while. And we looked at it as a challenge, and we said, what can we do instead? And literally ordered lunch one day, sat down at a table in our studio, and said, let's do a takeout series. That takeout series took us from a few dozen followers to 
well over a thousand in a matter of weeks where we were getting a couple hundred views and now we're getting 10,000, 20,000, 40,000 views on an episode of the show. And why I thought that was great was because I actually got calls. Now, this is not the kind of, if you live here was not meant to be the kind of thing where we're trying to pump up other people's businesses for the sake of having them do something for us. None of the takeout series episodes ever knew we were coming to do it. I literally would reach into my pocket, go buy lunch for at least two people so Corey and I could have a nice spread to put on camera. And we just started talking about it and, and talking about how, how good the food was that we ordered. And listen, people tell me all the time, you're, you, you know, I've been called a fraud all too, all too many times. Let me make this very clear to you out there. Those who, who want to be trolls, if I'm not going to, you're not going to see me ordering tuna fish or egg salad. Why? Because I don't like those things. Things that I order, I'm going to like. Now, granted, we're trying new places. I'm just a chubby guy from Long Island who likes to eat. There's not much that I don't like. If I'm going to order it, there's probably an 85% chance I'm going to like it. But we like telling the stories of what these people produce. And what, I, what has evolved from that is that now we have an opportunity to tell, start to tell more and more of the stories of who the people are who are producing it. There are some fantastic business owners out there that don't get the credit for what they do. And in many cases, they don't want the credit, but they still deserve it. Uh, we've been blessed to connect with some great charitable organizations that we look forward to featuring and telling their story. Um, you know, here we are a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, and you're going to see more and more people stepping up and stepping out of their comfort zone to start to give to those who are less fortunate. We're seeing food drives starting to pop up. And yes, it's been a challenging year, and not as many people have as much money to give away. But to see good people take massive action and do something great for the benefit of other people, it just blows my mind. And I feel that if you live, me, and if you live here in the company and Corey, I feel that we have an obligation to tell these stories. Um, as a result of that, you know, I was literally sitting on a Chamber of Commerce meeting last night via Zoom because things have backed off and we can't have a physical space to meet again. And I listened to three people just talk briefly, a minute or two each, about things that they were doing for the community that I live in, that I work in. My office and my home are in the same town. And I immediately jumped up and said, I know I'm the new guy here. I, I joined the Chamber of Commerce back in February. There wasn't a real live meeting until two months ago or three months ago. And here we are back to virtual meetings again. And I said, I haven't had a chance to meet many of you yet. And those of you who I have, you, you, you know enough about me. I heard three or four stories of people giving back unselfishly because it's what they wanted. There's a nursery around the block who's going to donate all the bows and bows and bells and whistles to decorate the historical society here in, in Wantaw uh, and, and the, veterans, the, the veterans area here, here in Memorial, here in Wantaw. And I listened to my friend Carlo from Little Kitchen talk about how he put 40, his customers brought enough stuff to put 40 bags of food together so that 40 families can have a world-class Thanksgiving dinner uh, with great, great quality ingredients and how he's doing food drive for uh, the, the local church up the block from us. Uh, and all these other organizations that were stepping up, a guy who, who makes dog biscuits in his home kitchen and is running himself a nice cottage little industry there and donating to canine causes uh, and veterans and canines. You know, things that just are near and dear to my heart and helping people. So I stepped up, unannounced to anybody, and said, listen to me, anybody who's got a business in this town who's giving back, I want to be there to help tell your story. And while none of them are doing it for the sake of promotion and publicity, and some of them I'm going to have to pull teeth to get them to do it because they're just terrified of a camera. But this is the reason why If You Live Here was born. 
Uh, this is the reason why I believe if you live here, we'll continue to grow. And I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity for the Opportunity Knox podcast to get this word out to more and more of you. So I guess the moral of my story is if there are good things you can do for people, it's probably going to be great for you personally and probably a really good chance it's going to be good for you on a business side as well. Um, just a simple story. Like I said, we're floating around a thousand people who follow us. I'm literally sitting in a pub doing, getting takeout. And as I'm walking out, there's a guy there sitting there <coughs> and literally looks at me and says, hey, are you the guy from that live around here show? And I looked at him and I laughed and I said, if you mean if you live here, yeah, that's me. And he grabbed me by the shoulder and pulled me over. He says, come with me, have a drink with me. So there's, there's how I've monetized the, the show so far. I got a $12 glass of bourbon for free. Um, but we talked about his story, what he liked about the show, and he's a guy that I've connected with on Facebook, and we've chatted, you know, it was two weeks ago, and we've chatted twice since then. It's all about relationships. Um, so what I'm, what I'm doing here is I just want to open people's eyes to say, think outside of the box that other people have created, not only for you, but for your industry as well. Uh, be open-minded to trying different things. Be open-minded to stepping outside of your comfort zone. Uh, get a little crazy. Get a little stupid. Do things that would encourage certain people to actually tear you apart. And I think that's, that's kind of the moral of what I'm talking about. I love the quote-unquote world of trolls who will sit around and beat me up for not being what they think is good or make fun of what you're doing. Listen, I'm 30 pounds overweight. I'm not in great shape. I'm, I'm not Brad Pitt or George Clooney. Um, I'm, I'm a fairly simple guy who lives in a nice house and works his ass off because he loves what he does. Um, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about spending time with my family, earning the living here to provide me for the lifestyle that I want. And I think everyone is entitled to seize that opportunity. You're not entitled to the success, but we are entitled to take advantage of the opportunity. So from... From my mouth to your ears, I, I hope somebody out there got an inkling of something that will trigger them to do something and take some kind of action. Um, figure out what it is that's important to you. Figure out what you love. What I would ask in return is come follow what we're doing. Take a look. And I prefer constructive criticism. It's a lot easier to deal with than the haters. But if you want to be a hater, feel free to jump along as well. I'll have a lot of empathy and sympathy for you. As always, I appreciate your time and attention. I look forward to getting your feedback. I hope you would give us a review if you like what we're hearing. We would love to spread the message, hear who you'd like to have on the show, and kind of bring more value to more and more people. As always, thank you so much for, your, for the opportunity to speak to and serve you. I wish you all the best of days. Have a great one.